your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoy this episode and want to stay tuned to the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Doing so doesn't cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. You can also subscribe to check out previous episodes you may have already missed. Tonight's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. On tonight's episode, we do have some very fun and exciting discussion to be had about Winnipeg versus Montreal in the opening game of the series, which starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. I'm sure all of us are very eager to get underway and hope that the Jets actually put on a pretty good show for round number two. But before we actually talk about the Jets, I did want to spend a little bit of time updating you on current playoff standings. We have a couple of early series results. The Jets are probably one of the later teams to start, but, you know, some of the other divisions haven't quite kicked off yet either. We'll start with one of the more chaotic series, and that is Colorado versus Vegas. This opening game was pretty nuts. Vegas ended up losing in pretty dramatic fashion. Colorado utterly dusted the uh, the Knights 7-1, to and it wasn't a particularly great performance from the Knights. You know, obviously, in some of these games, maybe the Avs were just a little bit faster, and maybe the goaltending for the Knights wasn't good, but pretty much everything went wrong for Vegas. Both teams had some very ugly hits, but I think the worst one on the night was Ryan Reeves dropping Ryan Graves in a very nasty display. He actually shoved Graves to the ice and ended up kneeing him on the back of his head, which was obviously quite bad. He got ejected from the game, and he has been handed a two-game suspension. The whole reason any of this even happened was that Graves had actually boarded somebody else. Um, I forget who it was. It might have been uh, Matias Janmark. But Janmark was being tied up along the walls, and Graves came in, and I don't know if it was really intentional or anything, but Graves ended up catching him high underneath the chin. Janmark naturally had to leave the game and did not return, likely into concussion protocol, and he did seem like he was out of it for a brief moment, so I'd imagine that he's not going to be coming back to the series anytime soon. The ugliness and chippiness aside, which there was quite a bit of goonery out there, I'll say this, I think Vegas was basically in over its head from puck drop. You know, the, the Avs play a really fast, up-tempo style, but what I really think shows off just how good they are is how aggressive everyone on their team is. Everyone contributes in some capacity offensively. The only guy who doesn't really get involved is Grubauer. All of Colorado's D-men are very active with the puck, especially inside the offensive zone. They're, you know, attacking forwards and skaters completely overlap and overwhelm opponents with a lot of speed really good distribution, and rapid cycles. Vegas just looked like they didn't really know what hit them. I think, you know, the Knights weren't really prepared for this series because, you know, Vegas had just come off of a seven-game grind fest against the Minnesota Wild. And sure, you know, Vegas was the superior team to the Wild, but by the same token, those were several extra games that I'm pretty sure the Knights would have loved to have had off. A rested, prepared Avs team, even without Nazem Kadri, just a nasty, nasty opponent. Nathan McKinnon was everywhere. Miko Rantanen was looking very good. Kale McCarr was doing Kale McCarr things, which is basically looking like Nathan McKinnon until you squint and realize, in fact, it's McCarr coming upon you instead. 
I mean, there's just not really many holes to poke into uh, Colorado's performance. It was a completely dominant showing. I thought they were very fast. They had really good distribution. I felt like their cross-seam passes were great. They were getting into very dangerous shooting areas constantly. The Knights ended up starting Robin Leonard and Nett, and I'm pretty sure that was to give Marc-Andre Fleury at least a little bit of rest, but unfortunately that backfired. Leonard just didn't really seem prepared at all. He was completely cut apart, and it's clear that Vegas is going to have to turn back to Fleury as soon as humanly possible. It's just a bit of a stylistic mismatch, and I, I don't really blame Leonard in many respects. I, I know that he maybe wasn't great against the Avs, but by the same token, I just think Colorado was tearing apart the Knights' defense. I mean, the Avs are just custom-built and designed to completely tear apart every single team they come across, which is why if the Jets were to beat the Montreal Canadiens, and Colorado is, in fact, uh, beating the Vegas Golden Knights in however many games it takes... You know, that's not really great news for the Jets because, you know, Colorado would be Winnipeg's next opponent, and that does not promise to be a great sign for the Jets. Obviously, these teams are going to match up against each other next season if, in fact, the divisions go back to the Central being the way it was before COVID, but that right there is a very scary prospect. I, I don't know if I would really want to see the Jets and Avs playing against each other anytime soon. Hopefully, Vegas could pull off the upset. I would much rather see Vegas versus the Jets. I mean, the Knights are a very difficult opponent, don't get me wrong, but they are much easier to contain than, you know, the Colorado Avalanche. The Avs have just run over basically everyone they've come across. And if this is what they're doing to the Knights, I can't imagine that the Jets are going to have a much better time. Connor Hellebuck would have to be basically perfect. And there's only so much your goalie can do to stonewall a team that has as really good movement and, and skill and speed as, as the Avs do. So... Yeah, not a favorable matchup. We'll see if Vegas is able to salvage a game tonight. They have a very late start at 10 p.m. Eastern, which will be 9 p.m. for most of you Central folks. But uh, after the roughhousery of the first game in the series, I'm very interested to see who starts to outmuscle their way and, and show up in the second game. The Knights need to come out with a really strong performance and basically assert that they are in fact not dead and they're here and ready to stay. Marc-Andre Fleury having a really strong performance would probably do a lot to reinstall you know, some of that swagger and confidence. That said, I think the Avs are going to win again, and I don't really see a reason why I should bet against Colorado this series. They're just too darn good. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Even in a really random sport, the way that they play and the way that they've cut apart the Vegas Knights' uh, defensive structure and stuff, yeah, I mean, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if the Knights are really going to win more than like one to two games. And that's crazy to say because Vegas is frankly one of the top teams in the NHL and, and a really dominant squad and one that, frankly, is a Stanley Cup contender this year. And yet against the Savs team, maybe it doesn't matter. I did spend a decent amount of time talking about this series in particular because I think this one probably holds the most relevance for the Jets. You know, beyond Montreal, this would be one of the two opponents that the Jets are likely to face in next round. So, yeah, I mean, if the Jets advance past the Canadians they get the reward of playing two of the top teams in the NHL, whichever one emerges out of what's looking to be a bit of a bloodbath of a series. In just a moment, we'll take a look at some of the other series from the more eastern side of things. But before we go too much further, I did want to tell you a little bit about tonight's title sponsors at Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders, journalists, and everyone in between in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, trade rumors, huge team news, and everything else you can imagine. You'll find plenty of locked-on hosts from around their networks, including the NBA, MLB, and NHL podcasts. I'll be joining the app in the near future, so be sure to get started, and I'll meet you there. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find tons of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. 
I can't wait to join you all on the app very soon, and I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked on Winnipeg Jets room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. For those of you who are longtime listeners of this podcast, by now you know that I'm personally a huge fan of Built Bar. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market. They're more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft chewy interior. They come in nine delicious flavors including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. But I would highly recommend being subscribed to the Built Bar website and their newsletter because they always have some very special flavors, most of which are limited edition, limited release, and limited quantity. These flavors are always super delicious, and once they're gone, they're gone for good. So don't miss out. As good as Built Bars taste though, and believe me, they are super delicious, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking for an active fitness bar, or a snack for an active lifestyle. To place your order, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are undergoing our current playoff coverage. We have some thoughts from a couple of other series that are currently ongoing. We talked about Vegas and Colorado because that would be the series that holds the most implications for the Jets and Canadians should either of these teams advance onto the second round. And now it's time to shift our attention over to the East Coast where we have a couple of other series. Most of them have been pretty close, but we do see a very interesting split between Boston and the Islanders. Boston won the first game 5-2, and then the Islanders responded in game number 2 with a 4-3 victory. Now, this series has been interesting because Boston has generally been the much better team. In the second game, the Islanders had a much stronger effort, but even still, Boston's probably the better squad in that game too. The Islanders are one of those strange teams where, in my head, I kind of think of them as a definitely inferior squad, but when it comes to Barry Trotz, one thing I do know is that it's very hard to count out his team. Even if the roster talent isn't exactly amazing, and sometimes Trotz does have his idiosyncrasies, as a head coach, he's continued to impress. I mean, he finds good ways to get quality results out of his players. Sometimes it's a little bit goaltender heavy. I would say that is very true. Ilya Sorokin and, of course, uh, Semyon Varlamov have had a couple of really good stretches throughout most of the season. But it also does become incumbent upon the players to perform as well, especially the offensive skaters. And for the most part, some of these guys have shown up pretty well. You know, Jean-Gabriel Pajot definitely playing a major role in this series. And then Casey Zizekas was the uh, overtime winner in game number two. This series, I still think, goes to Boston in, in likely six games or something, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Isles end up somehow surprising Boston and winning out. They did it to the Penguins, and the Penguins, you know, you could argue they were let down by their goaltending. That's kind of the main story, but New York is definitely one of those teams that you simply can't underestimate no matter what the scoreline looks like. They can be very pesky. They know how to defensively lock down once they have a lead, and they're definitely not afraid to mix it up with a more physical, more intimidating team like the Bruins. Boston's probably going to rue this chance to put the series in, you know, much better straights as they head on the road to the Islanders, where they'll face an experienced, gritty Islanders team that has enough youthful talent to maybe get by some of the uh, some of the lack of talent elsewhere on the roster. Speaking of youthful talent and whatnot, our next series is Carolina versus Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is actually taking a two nothing series lead. Now, Carolina, in my mind, has actually played pretty okay hockey. The second game, I thought they weren't really as impressive. I felt like they would have good stretches of getting to the slot and creating some really good chances, but Andre Vasilevsky kind of shut down everything. 
Carolina was trying a couple of different things like wraparounds, um, some low slot chaos, some deflected point shots. Unfortunately for them, nothing really finding its way through. And even when they finally ended up getting a few lucky breaks here and there, you know, Tampa Bay would end up responding with some goal that was like a really bad mistake from Brady Shea or like a wrister that beats Nodelkovic from a really sharp angle along the walls that you just wouldn't expect to, to go in normally. So, yeah, I mean, it's been one of those series where like every single mistake Carolina makes, it's in the back of their net. And they don't tend to make that many. And it's probably extra frustrating where they get really close to potentially tying the game and forcing an overtime, but instead just running into a wall of bodies in front of Vasilevsky, while Andre himself has been an absolute brick wall. So this series, it's going to be tough for the the Canes to come back. I think they are finding themselves increasingly really down to the wire against Tampa Bay. If it's like a 3-0 series deficit by the end of game number three, you know, Tampa Bay's probably got it pretty much in the bag. The Lightning are very experienced when it comes to surviving some of these really difficult series, and Carolina has given them a pretty fair run for their money, but by the same token, the Canes also haven't had that finishing edge. There were a couple of really bad missed chances in game number two. Marty Nietzsche is probably going to be seeing that one shanked shot in his nightmares for years to come, especially because it was a perfect two-on-one opportunity, and Nietzsche really needed to deposit it. Might have shifted the momentum of the game in Carolina's favor, but now the Canes find themselves down in a nasty series deficit. So, a big Game 3 upcoming. If Carolina can get one back at least, maybe they've got a shot. It's going to be a tough one, though, especially on the road in Tampa against one of the top contenders in this uh, playoff bracket. So, not really thinking Carolina has much of a shot now. I think they, they kind of blew it. They've been good throughout most of the regular season, like very good excellent even, but you know, Trocek going out and some of the other injuries to their squad just really holding them back right now. The Canes are certainly a quality young squad though, so it's not like this is going to be their last season, but with guys like Dougie Hamilton potentially departing the roster, yeah, I think there are some serious questions as to what the Canes are going to look like next season. They definitely won't have a Dougie Hamilton replacement waiting in the wings if Hamilton does indeed walk. You know, they have some really talented prospects like Jake Bean and whatnot, but beyond that, you know, no one's really going to be doing the, the sort of heavy lifting and sheer offensive creation that Hamilton brings. So, yeah, the Canes are in a tough spot. They really need to win this series, advance past this round, and prove that they are prepared to be true Stanley Cup contenders. They haven't taken that next step yet. They may not this year, having drawn the really short straw of facing, you know, the Stanley Cup champions that are part of a really experienced roster with a lot of games under their belt, especially as a unit and with an excellent coaching staff that knows how to get results in the in the playoffs. Vasilevsky kind of balling out really does the rest. So yeah, Carolina in tough. Speaking of uh, teams that are in tough, up next we have some thoughts from this uh, early start to the Jets-Habs game. And yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a bit of a doozy. Before we get into some maybe less positive vibes, I did want to tell you about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place to do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball and hockey season are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB baseball, NBA basketball, NHL hockey, and all your UFC, MMA, international football, and other favorite sports action, all at BetOnline. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines as all of your favorite teams prep for their deep playoff runs. Win as they win. Go to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and register for a free account today. And when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading, making sense of all of this stuff can be really complicated. If you truly want to make sense of it all and understand how to grow your long-term wealth, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market anxiously every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. Welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast. Yeah, so, um... I guess I'm trying to figure out a way to start this off because we're going to talk about Montreal versus Winnipeg, but I think I want to save most of my thoughts and analysis from the game itself for tomorrow. And I'm prefacing this because, you know, some stuff happened tonight that has really changed the complexion of the series and likely means the Jets ain't going very far in the postseason. Let's just get this out of the way. Winnipeg was not very good tonight, and in fact, they kind of got embarrassed. And when they started to really get frustrated, you know, Mark Shifley ended up acting out. And with the Jets having the goalie pool, they actually scored a goal to make the scoreline from 4-2 to to 4-3, to right? So a 4-3 to situation where you thought maybe the Jets had a chance, everything was looking okay, maybe Winnipeg had finally woken up. And then Mark Shifley was chasing down uh, a puck that was going loose into Winnipeg's defensive zone after a missed pass, and Jake Evans was going behind the net to retrieve the puck and then score. Evans looked like he was going to wrap around the puck before either Shifley or the other back-checking jet skater was going to get there, and Shifley instead adjusted position and ended up lining up Evans for a monster hit that seemingly knocked Evans unconscious and then sent him to the hospital. Right now, there's a ton of debate about the legality of the hit, but the long and short of it is, you know, Mark Shifley pretty much knew that he wasn't going to get there in time, seemingly understood that, and looked like he lined up Evans for the hit instead. Shifley was already expressing irritation at the whole situation of of having been called for a penalty that he didn't really feel was necessary, and in general was struggling to create offense against Montreal's defensive structure and some of the, the nice saves that Carey Price was making. So there was a lot of frustration building up, and then Shifley lost his cool, and after absolutely just destroyed Evans. In my mind, this was a very clear penalty. It was actually um, a five-minute major, and then Shifley got another penalty, I believe, for charging, which, you know, based on where he started and where he ended up, seems pretty fair to me. And from the uh, the injury and the nature of the hit itself, I do think Shifley will be getting a call from the Department of Player Safety. I would imagine because they're under such a tight lens right now that they will give him at least one to two games, maybe even three. Shifley, though, should probably be done for the entire postseason. I feel like his behavior and the way that he went about his hit, they were both very unacceptable. I'm not happy with him, and I'm frankly just very disappointed. You know, tonight's Jets game was, for me, overall very lackluster. In fact, it was just downright bad at times, and then Shifley finishes off with that. I'm just kind of losing a little bit of patience with him, you know. There was a time several years ago when it felt like he was part of Winnipeg's future core, a clear on-ice leader, And over the past few seasons, we're just not really seeing the best from him. And then he has a play like this. It's just really inexcusable, you know? It's not like Mark's a dirty player or anything. I don't think that that's the case. But certainly on this hit, it was just a nasty hit. Very unneeded and certainly not something that I would ever expect from him. You know, I'm disappointed in his behavior. 
I feel like, you know, he never back checks defensively. This is the first time that I've seen him chase down a play really aggressively and it's to line somebody up for a hit. Like, I, I just don't get it, you know. Winnipeg, you know, the rest of their performance I thought was pretty mediocre. And I'll have some more in-depth analysis and breakdowns of what the Jets did well and what they did poorly. But overall, tonight's game just really sucked. Dylan DeMello went out with an injury in the first five minutes and didn't come back to the game. Adam Lowry was temporarily sidelined with a puck to the face. Matthew Perot blocked a shot with his knee and had to go off the ice for a little bit. The Jets are just running on fumes right now, and now Mark Scheifele is probably going to get suspended. Coupling that with an opening game loss at home, and I really don't know if there's a much worse start that you could have against a team, especially Montreal, than what the Jets just gave us. And Montreal doesn't even have one of their best forwards in their lineup. Thomas Tatar is actually still benched, so, you know, it's just... If it's not one thing, it's another with this team sometimes. All the good vibes and goodwill that the Jets built up against the Oilers just feels like it kind of got thrown away immediately. And, like, I'm not trying to be a downer, but, you know, it just really feels like it sucks, man. I was really excited about this series. I thought, you know, both of these teams kind of in some way or, or another told people, this is us, we're not really changing things, we're happy to be here, we earn this, and we're going to play some hockey and have fun. Instead, it, you know, it just feels like this game ended on a really sour note, and it sets up a rough series ahead for the Jets. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on tonight's outing from the Jets and whether you feel okay with it, whether you're disappointed, whether you're not really surprised. Whatever you're feeling, let me know at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets and at HL Living Loco on Twitter. That will do it for tonight's show, though. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of our other great podcasts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked Out Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!